Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King and Bill G. Today is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, September the 3rd, 2019. That is 8 a.m. in New York. That would be 5 a.m. Los Angeles time, 1 p.m. in London, 9 p.m. in Tokyo, 10 p.m. in Sydney. And wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And normally I would be uh, telling everybody how how wonderful I hope they all are, but today I'm going to be a narcissist and I'm not going to care. (laughs) 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 But you're on your own, folks. Good luck. And goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, yes. I got too many things to do. I'm too busy for this. (laughs) And good day. (laughs) No, just kidding. But that's the topic for today. I figured, how how do you you introduce narcissism in a funny way? That was the best (laughs) thing. Yeah, there you go. I hope I liked it. I liked it. You like that? Okay. And it wasn't a dad joke, so I figured you you would appreciate that. But I like the dad jokes. Oh, but you were you were giving me a hard time about the last dad joke. That's my job. (laughs) (laughs) I can't let you get a get a big head. (laughs) But I always wanted a big head. No, forget that. (laughs) Now see, insert joke there. Leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the way I look at it is even the best stand-up comedians in the world occasionally put one out there that just doesn't work. So I figure I'm going to do Yes, yes. Every comedian bombs. Everyone bombs, yes. Everyone bombs. (laughs) And I just had my moment. So with that thought in mind. (laughs) So narcissism. I mean, Alex, you and I and my sister PJ were working on the play last night on the, uh, the, the, the Grass is Greener podcast, episode two, the script. And I have a suspicion that's where the topic came from. Am I wrong? Is that is that where it originally came from? Um, I guess, yeah, in a in a little bit, little little way, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, maybe there are other influences going on here. Maybe Bill's got a narcissist in the closet he's going to tell us about or something. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got I've actually got a couple stories. I've got a current client that's dealing with a narcissistic boyfriend, uh-huh. and and someone from my past had a very narcissistic uh, ex husband. <laughs> <laughs> It, but if if the person's husband is an ex-husband, why does it matter? Well, it mattered at the time that it was going on. Oh, I see. Okay. Right, right, right. I mean, afterward, I mean, the narcissist is gone after that. It's like, yeah. it, well, is actually, it though? No, not, the divorce proceeding was very, very ugly because of it. Yeah, and pettiness uh, is forever. Pettiness uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is forever. Are you going to put that on a t-shirt for us? Yep, yep. <laughs> so many t-shirts that need to be made. <laughs> So, all right. Well, where do we go first? Do you want to tell your story, Bill? Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess we can start off. Um, let me tell you the story about my, the one from the past. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine who uh, was a, uh, a co-worker of my wife, my wife uh, uh, when she was working uh, over in a company down in Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, they were office, office friends. Uh, they knew each other for a while, a while. They, they became friends. And then during the course, she met this guy. Uh, they hit it off right away. And, um, eventually they got married. We were invited to their wedding when we actually participated in the wedding. Um, uh, they, they bought a house together. Uh, they hired me as a handyman for the house for a little while. Um, and, uh, I could see right away that, you know, there was, some trouble in paradise. Mm-hmm. Wow, right um, away. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, well, well, narcissists don't actually hide. Well, no, they yeah. sure don't. No, they don't. But, you know, it, it, I mean, sometimes you can write it off as, well, yeah, he's just eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what eccentric means. I always or he's got to... a strong personality. Strong uh, personality. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know um, uh, the friend wasn't the most outgoing person in the world anyway mm-hmm. so when they would cancel plans on us or when and that kind of thing it wasn't such a you know Red it was a huge surprise right uh and they had a son together and um then um uh, while i was doing some handyman work i noticed that you know how completely in disarray the house was mm. um uh, he had uh, Asperger's on top of uh, everything else as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was the kind of person who to um, start projects and then not finish them. He'd get as far as demolition. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah. 
he'd get as far as demolition and then and then move on to the next project. So it's like living <laughs> in a bomb zone. Yes, yes, it was mm-hmm. like living in a in a bomb zone. And the house had issues too. Oh, well, but Nars was probably a narcissist too. I mean. Yeah, so I, was, I was dealing with that stuff. Uh, but then you know, in and also the, again, there wasn't a whole lot of red flags until she started um, talking to my wife about. Um, she was just asking questions like, you know, is this normal? And she would tell a story. Is this normal? Is this normal? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and her response was like, no, no <laughs> right. that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> that's not normal. And, um, because what generally happens in when someone's in a, um, an, when they're either married to or in a long-term relationship with someone who is very narcissistic is that, they have a tendency to make you feel like you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting. And, and that um, you cannot leave for whatever reason because you're the one with the problem. You're the one who needs to be working on this. Mm-hmm. And any problems that we're having is all your fault. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so, again, which is why she kept asking, when she was asking us, she would tell a story and she's like, does that sound normal to you? Because at that point, it got normal for her. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, these days, I mean, that actually does sound normal for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost become the new normal to the point where it's almost accepted. Right, right, right. Which is right. sad. Yeah. It, it is, it is. And um, and her self-worth was being completely Diminished. trampled on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, one day she called me up and said, okay, I'm leaving him, I, wow. but, I, but I need your help. Wow. I need you to come by the house when he's while he's at work mm-hmm. and help me get the heck out of here before he comes home. Wow. <laughs> but but that, that's really something because usually people who are entangled with narcissists are people who have their own issues, and they're usually issues about boundaries and uh, confidence, self confidence, right, and so forth. right. No, so for her to say, "Yeah, I'm ready to leave," that's big. It was I was going to say codependency is a huge thing. Yeah, with, right. With a narcissist, right? Yeah. Well, what what was going on was uh, she started seeing a therapist, and uh, she started talking to us. Okay. And we were saying, "Not normal." Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Is she tell another story? You might, you might want to change that word to healthy. Yes, not because, healthy. Yeah. Because these days, like there you said, no right, right, normal. normality okay, right. has gotten But again, it was like, crazy. no, not healthy. No, no, definitely not healthy. Right, right. Oh, my God. And, and when I would be going in, into the house and I would be like, for example, I'd be doing work in the house, but there would be certain areas of the house that were completely off limits to me. Really? As the handyman. And mm. I was doing electrical work. I, oh. So I was pulling out old wire, replacing it with new wire, and I'm like, okay, I need access to the um, to the breaker box because I don't right. want to get electrocuted. Right. <laughs> that that, that kind of makes sense, yeah. That's usually yeah. how it works, yeah. <laughs> but I was not allowed to go down into the basement for the breaker box because he had some things in there he didn't want me to see. Shocking. Dead bodies? I, well, I don't think it was dead bodies, but I think, well, he, he had a... Uh, I, the thing, it was just, it was a lot of obsessive compulsive stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, stu- it was secrets. He, he felt he needed secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, again, that's, I think that's another narcissist trait to mm-hmm. feel like you must have secrets mm-hmm. and that if people discover your secrets, then that's not cool. Yeah. But, you why, lose your power. but why, but why must have secrets? I mean, I understand I, having I, them, but why must have? I, I'm not sure. I, I think it's in order to keep people at a certain distance. Oh, that could be. That could be. That's how you re- maintain the power in the relationship. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, and so, again, that was part of the uh, – <laughs> wait a second. This is not – this does, does not look like a healthy relationship here. This does not look like a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I would see some of his demo stuff and was like, um, you've got a kid in this house and you've got exposed wire, Ooh. you've got exposed, you, you know, you've got holes in the floor, you've got holes in the walls, you've got, oh. <laughs> you've got walls that are now missing and they might be load bearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, you know, it was, 
it was that kind of, uh, you know, crazy stuff going on. But anyway, yeah. I w- we, I went to, um, I went to her house, uh, help her gathered up, uh, I helped her gather up whatever clothing and whatever. And, uh, she'd already, uh, uh, gotten a, uh, how they, an apartment, uh, mm-hmm. where she, her, she was taking her son. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I I got her there, and then we didn't hear anything from her for the next eight months. Actually, no, it's almost a year. It was almost a year before we'd heard from her again. That's and scary. Was, and it was because well, the thing we knew she was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, but uh, Nina wasn't working at the same office she was anymore, so mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't like she was in the, the they could see each other. Right. Um, okay. But um, the reason why we didn't hear from them for a year is because then that's when the divorce proceedings were going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, he was convinced that she was having an affair with me. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because again, again, again it, was about the, it was about that power thing. And yeah. also, he was also convinced that he was closer friends with, with Nina and, Ma, and I than he she was with us that she, oh. that he was convinced that she was somehow manipulating us. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and the thing is, it was like a weird type of, wait a second. The, we were friends with your, with her a lot longer than we knew, even right. knew you existed. <laughs> <laughs> but as we talked about, the narcissist doesn't take that kind of thing into consideration. It's all right. about no. him. Yeah. You can't tell right. a narcissist so, we were here before and we'll be here after. They don't so we believe didn't it. actually hear from her at all until the divorce was finalized. Mm. And then and then she called us up and she said, I am so sorry that we lost touch, but it was absolutely necessary. They were um he had hired a uh an investigator, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, pr- a private investigator to monitor all of her movements, all of her phone calls, everything to make sure because if she had, she was afraid that if she attempted to contact us during mm-hmm. that time, it would have. Yeah, he would have used it against her. It, it would have complicated things. So mm-hmm. she had to cut off all contact for uh, with us for a while, and not even tell us why. Yeah. She couldn't right. even tell us why she was doing that because it would have gotten back to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so once that was finalized, then she was able to say, "Hey, this is what really happened, and I'm mm-hmm. so sorry we, I put you guys in the middle of this and whatever." But it was a, um, uh, I wouldn't say it was a dangerous situation. I don't think anyone was in any, in any danger of getting hurt. Well, but it, except for the holes in the floor. Emotionally. It was, there was, uh, definitely, there was emotional abuse going on. I mean, major emotional abuse going well, on. Right. Well, there was all, you were talking about exposed wires. There's physical risk, right? Oh, that's yes, what I was yes. saying. Yeah. Oh, yes. But that was, that's in the house. I mean, once she was out of the house. <laughs> she was, she was out of that yeah, danger. but that's just the house. That's all that is. Yeah. Well, it was, it was out of that danger, at least. Uh, right. And, which is a shame too. It was a beautiful house at one point mm. when they first moved in. Um, you know, we're talking like a, um, uh, a five bedroom house in, um, uh, in one of the, uh, immediate suburbs of Trenton, New Jersey. So we're talking mm. oh, very, very expensive house yeah. and completely destroyed. And mm. so I can't imagine what happened when he tried to sell that place. <laughs> uh, well, if he tried to sell it, I would have liked to have been the buyer. <laughs> I'll give you 150 grand for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll fix it and I'll sell it for 550. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but but the I think the the important takeaway from that story is that um if you find yourself in one of those types of relationships where you're constantly feeling as though that you're um you're being emotionally abused or you're feeling really low and you're, and you're, um, it's so, so, so important Mm -hmm. to have friends Mm -hmm. to talk to, uh, get a comparison because, um, uh, narcissists relate when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they will try to cut you off from everybody who is their friend too. Yep. And, and if their friends think that the the narcissist is normal and you're the crazy one yeah then it doesn't matter what it, you you can't talk to those people because those people are going to first of all they're going to think you're the one with the problem because mm-hmm. you know the the part the the narcissist has already told them that you're the one with the problem mm-hmm. and they're and probably so, narcissists themselves right oh and they may be narcissists themselves absolutely do narcissists hang out with other narcissists though 
Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Generally, generally, um, the ones that I've had experience with generally do hang out with other narcissists. Um, mm-hmm. I've got another story, but I'll, I'll save that for a little later. Um, uh, with the a current client that I have, it's, um, uh, it, and it's the same kind of deal where, um, he, uh, hangs out with other narcissists and anything this, my client says that is against him immediately gets back to him. Immediately. I mean, within mm. an hour, with, actually within minutes of, the, uh, there's a, there's a text message. Oh, she said this about, about you. Wow. <laughs> there's a mole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and so that my, my client often feels like a prisoner in her, in her life. Yeah. That's understandable. It's, it's a strange thing about narcissism because it is all about that person. But in fact, it makes me think about something. I'm curious to know what your guys take is on this. Um, one of the, uh, uh, teachers of LOA that I have followed to some extent and talk about with Cindy Chavez on Wednesday is Neville Goddard, who has some pretty good takes on how, uh, law of attraction works. I don't think he ever, I think he called it the law of assumption. That's the closest he ever came to calling it the law of attraction, but it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he teaches, however, is something that I can see a narcissist just gobbling up. It's his claim that everyone else is you pushed out. Mm-hmm. And he has a, he has a very specific meaning about that, which in many ways precludes narcissism, but on the surface, it sure sounds narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I have noted Numerous people in the various Neville Goddard groups who have shown me indications they might be narcissists themselves. Hmm. So I'm just wondering what your take is on. Do you think that that particular way of express? Well, maybe I should explain what he means by that. Okay. When when he's talking about uh, other people being you pushed out, what he's really talking about is what kind of influence do you have going on in your own life? He's 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 basically saying your life is not being controlled by others you are doing the controlling and and every experience that you ever have if you want to visualize that experience to come out the way you want it to come out if you want to imagine it because he's all about the imagination mm-hmm. then you have to treat them as if all the other people in your life are basically mirrors of you that, mm-hmm. that they're, they're just mirroring back to you what it is you're putting out there mm-hmm. the people who tend toward the narcissistic side take that Literally, like nobody else actually exists. Right. There is no, there are no other people who are part of source energy. There's only one person who's part of source energy, and that's you. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know: Do you think, first of all, have you seen that in LOA circles? And second of all, do you think that it is? Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's a little bit of a troubling pattern. I understand what Neville was saying, but I also think that it kind of sets up a, a very unfortunate dynamic and I'm not sure how that dynamic plays out, but I don't like what I'm seeing so far. <laughs> so what, what do you guys think about that? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, uh, Alex, you want to go first? Um, I feel like it's two sided mm-hmm. to me when I hear it, I hear, I, I do hear the, the, the part where you would hear where the narcissist would gobble that up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's obviously, you know, but I, I also see it could, could be a therapeutic thing for a narcissist. If like, if you look around and the people in your life and people are like, oh, you're this and oh, you're that. And, but, but that's you personified. You might want to take a look at that. Would you, if you're a narcissist? You wouldn't, but I'm saying therapeutically, oh, <laughs> therapeutically oh, you it. should. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. There's a lot of things that we should do therapeutically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean we necessarily do them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be a great place for someone who is trying to be less narcissistic to start. True. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's been my experience that narcissists tend to spout LOA-isms. <laughs> mm-hmm. That they, um, the, they, they hang on to the phrases and then they, they use them to make another person feel like they're not doing enough mm-hmm. for themselves. And therefore, I need to be here to be your guide. <laughs> or your fixer, more accurate. Or your fixer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here to fix you. I'm here to, yeah, I'm here to fix you. Yeah. yeah. I've, and, um, uh, again, with the, my current client, that's, 
part of what he does. Mm-hmm. He, uh, when she's feeling really down or feeling really depressed or she's just feeling low because of just the dynamic of the relationship, he then starts spouting some philosophies, you know, some of it LOA, some of it, some other, uh, you know, health, self help stuff that he's gathered through the years and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And uses it to make her feel worse about herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's actually a group and it's a Neville Goddard group. And it's one that I was in and quit. <laughs> and it's run by a guy. I presume. It's, yeah, I know it is a guy who runs some of the most popular Neville websites, not just Facebook groups, but websites on the web that offer a lot of the, uh, uh, for instance, uh, he runs the free Neville.org website. Mm-hmm. And I left the group because there's a great deal of passive aggressive behavior, which is essentially what you're describing there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought about him in terms of being a, a narcissist. and I'm not sure that he is, but I can't rule it out. Mm. You know, so, so to me, this is like, this is a fairly big concern because this is a pretty influential individual. Right. Right. This is a very, a very influential individual. Um, now I also recognize the fact that as, Creators, and we are all creators. Mm-hmm. Many of us are trying to learn to become conscious creators or deliberate creators. That's why we study this stuff. That's why right. we listen to LOA today, your daily news. <laughs> That's why we do this stuff. That's why we participate in groups and so forth. For those yeah. of us who are trying to do that, it can actually be a good exercise to run up against somebody like that because mm-hmm. it's like anything else that is a, what, what's what we would call a negative experience. You know, an oh crap experience. It's one more way to experience the contrast and realize what it is that we don't want mm. and hopefully learn to focus on, well, what do I, what do I like instead? What do I prefer? And that's the challenge. That's what we're always trying to do as we're learning how to apply the law of attraction deliberately. We're trying to apply the challenge of, you know, okay, can I face up to thinking about my, my life differently, thinking about myself differently in the process of thinking about myself differently? I am challenging myself. I'm seeing if I can grow because I know if I can get there, I will grow. So this is actually a growth opportunity to deal with somebody like that. So that that's what I'm trying to point to. There's a plus side to dealing with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Is it a fun way to go? Not really. No. Is it what we would recommend? No, not going <laughs> to recommend it. <laughs> but let's be honest. There is that side to it. And, and your client, Bill, I mean, how much did they learn going through those experiences? They learned a ton. They, yes, they did learn a ton. They learned what they definitely did not prefer. Absolutely. <laughs> on a large scale. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the challenge, though, is when you are with somebody, if you're living with somebody who is a narcissist, and this is, and this is the kind of the dynamic of the relationship that's been developing over several years, um, it's hard to see outside of that box. Yes, yeah. that's true. Um, and most people who are in narcissistic relation, uh, in relationships with a narcissist, I won't call them narcissistic relationships, in relationships with narcissists. Yeah, that's almost a contradiction in terms, isn't it? A narcissistic yeah. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in relationships with narcissists, don't even recognize that they are in a, situ- a, a situation like that until they can see something different. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully for my friend with the, the husband that she left, she, um, uh, uh, she knew my wife and I, and mm-hmm. my wife and I right. don't have that kind of relationship. So mm-hmm. already, you know, and, and, um, by the time she married her husband, um, she had already known us for several years. So she got mm-hmm. to see, she got to see how we interact with each other. Right. Right. So, and, you know, uh, we were very good, fr- we're, you know, we're, we still are friends. And yeah, basically, so, you, know, you, you were good role model is what you're saying. Right. We were good role, yes. You modeled we good, a healthy relationship for her. We modeled a healthy relationship. Now, her own relationships prior to, prior to that one were more of the same. Oh, uh, you know, she, well, she, she had other Bad relationships. Oh, more, other, more, no, more like narcissists. Oh, oh, more, more like narcissists. So she had a pattern going on. Okay. Yeah, she had a pattern. And her and her parents were divorced, so she didn't have very good role models there either. Ah, so yeah. it was one of those things where, you know, it, 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 um, like the uh, the relationship that my client had, 
Um, she uh, actually didn't grow up with a normal family. Uh, wow. She, you know, she was in the foster care system for a while. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, bad role models mm-hmm. right from the get go. And so, you know, they're in a relationship and they're like, oh, okay, well, this person is not leaving me. So therefore it must be a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a misconception. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's yeah. taking notes for the script, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that, and I wouldn't say she said she wasn't always in very you know abusive relationships. The her relationships were never physically abusive. Yeah, but emotional abuse can be just as horrible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But every relationship was emotionally abusive. Right. And and actually, this was the true for the the friend with the husband too. All mm-hmm. all of her prior relationships were emotionally abusive. Mm-mm. And so when she met this guy, and he was so nice to her, and uh, you know they yeah, they all look good on paper at first. Yeah, uh, and you know this is something too that I've been studying lately, uh, just in terms of uh, ascension and and um, uh, a connection with source, is that people who are very narcissistic are not really connected to source. They are what we call asleep. <laughs> they are, that's, that's, the ter- that's a good technical term. I they like are, that they one. Are con- they are consciously asleep because in order for someone to be truly connected to source energy, you need to be able to feel love and empathy for all of creation. And, uh, and if all you're feeling is love and empathy for yourself, you're you're not you're not there. <laughs> I might be consciously asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's not my fault, though. It's the Asperger's. <laughs> but, 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 but that's what they all say, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not saying I'm a narcissist. Oh, uh, okay. Well, if I was, would I? <laughs> that's something else we got to take kind of some ownership of too, because I think all of us have narcissistic tendencies. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take narcissistic tendencies. Yes. Because you know. It is our our own eyes that we are seeing the world out from, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we want good things for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And our initial instinct, whenever things, any, when anything does not go the way we think it should go, or whatever, is to immediately blame what is going on. <clears throat> excuse me, on the outside rather than what's going on on the inside. Yeah, that's true. And that and and 99% of my clients who see me for the first time um when they start talking to me, they immediately start talking about, well, this person's done this to me, this person's done this to me, this person's done this to me. And it's like, well, okay, well, your your attitude's way wrong here. <laughs> because where because What's going on is something inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you are attracting bad relationships or you're attracting lack or you're attracting, you know, it's not that these people are trying to screw you over. You're screwing yourself over here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're because you need to be open. You need to be thinking to yourself, well, what is this trying to show me? What is this? What is this trying to teach me in terms of, how I can be a better deliberate creator, how I can better attract better things into my life and, um, and to stop blaming other people mm-hmm. for who, what my situation is. And mm-hmm. so we have to you know, kind of um, deal with the inner narcissist within ourselves in order for us to feel better and enough to be better people. Mm. And kind of to piggyback on that, there's also a, a secondary concept that I think is really pretty fascinating. It's what Abraham points out about any time that we're labeling somebody else, including when we're label, labeling them as narcissistic. Because mm-hmm. what we're really saying is, I don't like the way they're treating me. Right. Which, by the way, is itself something we could label as narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's an interesting dynamic that goes on here mm-hmm. because we have people pointing fingers at other people saying, well, you're such a narcissist. And in doing so, in, through that very act, they're demonstrating narcissistic tendencies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to rephrase what all this stuff is. Maybe what we should be saying, instead of calling things narcissistic or passive aggressive or anything else, maybe we should say, I don't like the way you're behaving toward me. 
yeah. and talk about it in those yeah. terms. Mm-hmm. So someone who we would previously label as narcissistic is basically saying, well, as far as I'm concerned, I don't like the way anybody treats me. I only like the way I treat myself, and I'm the only person I can trust, so the rest of you aren't even there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the person <laughs> who is criticizing the narcissist says, well, I don't like the way you treat me. In fact, I think you're treating me abominably, so I'm going to make you feel bad by calling you a narcissist, because we all know that's a negative term. Yeah, that's And true. now we have, we have the perfect blame game going on. This is what I was talking about, about how petty lives forever. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me, I, I, I like the Abraham approach. I think mm-hmm. the Abraham approach is, screw all that. Mm-hmm. What do you like? What do you prefer? Yeah. What do you mm-hmm. like? Yeah. Focus there. Focus you, the, every single moment that we are spending our. Now we do this because we do a show on law of attraction. We do a show right. on being a deliberate creator. So we we have to explore the contrast. Otherwise, we got nothing to talk about. Gonna- <laughs> 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 it gets tired, right? You, know, you can't really do the same show over and over, saying, "Well, what do you prefer? What do you like? What do you prefer? What do you like?" And that's all you do for the entire show. Otherwise, right. you, you lose listeners that way because they're not dealing with that. They're dealing with all this other crap that they're focusing their attention on. So you have exactly. to you have to touch exactly. on it, you know. <laughs> so it's an interesting balancing act. And indeed, and this is where it's it really interesting. We are taught that all of creation is about interacting with the contrast for the purpose of universal expansion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So dealing with narcissism is essential. Yeah. Essential. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dealing with crap, dealing with holes in the walls is essential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how growth happens. Yeah. That, that's how expansion happens. That's a dynamic. That's a dynamic yeah. that is challenging to all of us because, like you said, Bill, it's hard to look inside and say, well, I'm generating all of this. That's the first part. And that, that's a big mm-hmm. turtle wall by itself. And then to recognize that it's actually a good thing to deal with this stuff because that's how we grow. Right. That, that, that's a tough step, too. We got, we got two steps here that will basically trip most people. Well, yeah. I also think that um, we were right about, the, about narcissism being a negative term. But it's like it's like how we feel about the word selfish. Like at some points in your mm-hmm. life, you need it. Yeah. You need to be a little narcissistic about yourself mm-hmm. because it, if you're at a point in your life where no one's appreciating you, then you, you need to appreciate yourself. So yeah, and be uh, a little selfish, be a little narcissistic. There are but people don't who also, make it a thing. Don't make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it your thing. You know. Well, well, there are also people who will who will take the viewpoint that. Um, well, we should be living for others. We should be right. benefiting others. Our, our purpose here is to reach out and, and help others all the time, which in if, and of itself can be a very negative. If you don't help yourself, how are you supposed to help others? But right. nevertheless, they, they believe that we are here to help build the global. They, they're, it's almost like they're they're the ones who most often argue for the unified world, the, the world mm-hmm. of, you know, there, there's a, we're all one source energy being. Right. We're, yeah. We may, we may be individuals, but really all part of the same source energy. And that one source energy, the Godhead of that especially, that is where all creation actually happens in their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter what all those little interactions are between the, the droplets of water right. you know, that make up that source energy flow. All that really matters is the source energy flow itself. So that's where we should, we should be focusing our attention. You know, yeah. and, and I and, can see their viewpoint. I don't you, agree with yeah. it, but I, I see yeah. it. Well, and, and also you have to make the distinction here, too, because a, a narcissist will generally will say, um, you need to change in order for me to feel better. Right. Mm. And, and so mm. will the person who is all about altruism. Right. Right. They'll, 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 they'll both say the same thing. <laughs> you need to change in order for me to feel better. And for, and for everybody else the, to feel better. <laughs> and for everybody else to feel better. Yeah. And so, but, and that's another thing that, you know, and, and it's interesting, the victims of narcissists tend to think that way too. Yes. That if only they would treat me better, then we would have a better relationship. Which is right. why you get so many people trying to get their exes back. Right. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so, you know, where I always start with a client, who comes to me with something like that is okay. We're going to work on you. We're mm. going to, we're going to, and, and we're going to forget about that other person. And if that other person, uh, cause I do quite a bit of relationship work and I said, we can go one of two ways on relationship work. We can either work on the relationship. And in that case, I need both of you mm. or we're going to facilitate a breakup. Mm. Because because without the other person here, we're working on you. 
Right. And we're going to make you a better person or we're going to make you, we're going to work on you being a better deliberate creator. And if the other person's not here, you're doing the work and they're not. Right. And if they're not going to do the work, then we're facilitating a breakup. Yes. <laughs> and that, um, that's an interesting dynamic all by itself because actually the we in this case can't make that person a better you. Absolutely. Mm. They have, and, and that, that's the whole thing about, you know, couples counseling. You, one person can't go to couples counseling and expect the relationship to get better. Yeah. Right. It has right. to be, it has to be both people saying, we recognize there, there's an issue here. We're going to work on this together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, if, if one person says, I'm going to work on it to make it better. And the other one's like, Oh, great. You're going to change and you're going to make me feel better because you're changing. <laughs> the relationship's not going to get any better. It's, it's all you're doing is feeding into their narcissism. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it does raise a question too. At what point? where's the boundary between narcissism and say passive aggression? Because that's really what that is. You're describing a passive aggressive behavior. It's, 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 I think it's probably one and the same Uh, because Mm. being someone who's passive aggressive is um, going to, uh, is going to try in a nice way, tell you how bad, how, how, how flawed you are. Yes. (laughs) Mm Which is which is really ironic. How do you mm-hmm. say that to somebody in a nice way? Oh, you, it it it, <laughs> it takes it takes a silver tongue, but you can do it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I say that knowing I have seen people do it. Oh yeah, but, backhanded comments, all of, all that. There are some people who are able to pull it off, making it look like to everybody else that they're being sweetness and lightness personified, but the actual thing they're saying is cutting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's quite a skill. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> I, I, I try to imagine what would happen if somebody with that level of ability applied something, Good. Applied, applied their ability to something that would actually help them. Mm. Instead of all being all about, well, I'm going to fix you. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so, and, and so, you know, what I work on with them is, first of all, we clear any soul contracts that are getting in the way. Because usually these things are a result of soul contracts, uh, not just soul. Program. The more I hear about soul, con- soul contracts, the less I like them. Oh, they're awful. They're awful. <laughs> I mean, I seriously. Come, I have not come across a soul contract that has been particularly nice. <laughs> like, why Why would we even consider, I mean, were we nuts? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just anybody up there going, you know what? I'm just going to be there for you. Yeah, right. right. No. That's that's our contract right there. Be there for you. Yeah. Well, soul contracts is usually is usually that you there was a lesson that you needed to learn. Yep. Experientially, mm-hmm. and come hella high water, you're doing it. Yeah. And um and it get, keeps getting repeated lifetime after lifetime after lifetime until well, you've decided to get rid of the contract. <laughs> so essentially, what we're really saying is a true soul contract isn't a contract with another soul; it's a contract with yourself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, it's never a contract with somebody else. Yeah. No, it's always right. a contract with yourself. Um, and so, you know, we clear the con, we get rid of the contract and then we try and figure out whatever other kinds of programs are being run. We clear those and then we work on raising the vibration of the, uh, of the person who we're working on, you know, um, change that negative self talk into something positive. Um, uh, build them up as a deliberate creator and facilitate the breakup. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, that's where, if that's where we need to go. Um, now I have had a client in the past where we did a relationship work where I only worked on one person and not the other, uh-huh. but it really was a situation where that person was the one with the problem and the other person wasn't. Okay. Uh, that is ra- that, that is rare. That is rare. But, you know, it happens. Well, that, that also raises another question. This is something that uh, Louise has taught me about, and that is the I – mean, she would describe it as the eth- ethical challenges, but I would describe it as practical challenges mm-hmm. of trying to treat, in a sense, both parties in the dispute. Right. Mm. Because it creates all kinds of really nasty dynamics that mm-hmm. put puts you, the therapist or the coach or the, uh, the cure or whatever, right in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I had another couple uh, where one was 
complaining that, you know, she's positive all the time and he's negative all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was with her and, and, you know, we were doing the things like, yeah, yeah, you're a generally positive person. I need to see him. <laughs> There's nothing we can do here. Right, right. Can Johnny come out to play? <laughs> but they, but they actually, the cool thing is, um, she emailed me a couple weeks later, and yes, they're both going to come and see me. Oh, okay. nice. And so apparently, she, uh, she talked to him, and he was like, you know, okay, I could really use, I can use some work on this. Mm-hmm. And and he agreed, and it was like, all right, hey, great. But but you 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 have talked here that how uh, your your regular pattern is to work with both parties in the couple. Yes, right. which is, which couple, is what yes. a therapist generally tries to avoid doing. Generally, a therapist wants one therapist to work with one person, another therapist to work with another person, and there the twain shall meet because that's where they're going to get the best results. Yeah, because they don't want to be put in the middle. They don't want to be like, well, the therapist is taking your side, so I don't even want to Cause, listen cause to Because therapists aren't supposed to take sides. Exactly. I don't take sides. <laughs> I don't take yeah. sides. <laughs> so, so you don't find that dynamic to be a, uh, a challenge when you're dealing no, with people? No, I don't find that dynamic, dynamic to be a challenge at all because um, even though – because I'm not the one who's who's doing the research. I'm I'm letting spirit – do the research. We're doing, we're researching soul records. We're researching contracts. If the couple wants to take it a certain way that I'm taking a side, that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not doing that. But, but that's where the therapist is going to say, yeah, but now you're not serving each of the client's interests. You're serving one of the client's interests and you're not doing it really well because you're enabling the un, unprofitable behavior. Mm. How so? I don't, I don't get it. Well, I don't, I don't get it. okay. You, you have, uh, the husband and wife, we'll call them, um, Joe and Mary. Okay. Okay. Joe and Mary. Joe and Mary, uh, Joe's a narcissist and Mary's a codependent. Just to make it really simple. Okay? okay. And you're, you're treating both of them. And at some point you, it comes out that Joe's a narcissist. Okay. As the therapist, if you're a therapist, the therapist can't take sides on that because the no. moment that they take sides, they are reinforcing, um, what the, the codependent person is doing with her codependency, mm-hmm. they're attacking the narcissist and they're not serving the needs of either one. Well, what I would, okay. So Joe and Mary, okay. Joe is the narcissist. All right. So first of all, uh, that word would never come up. <laughs> um, what we would do is, well, we I don't would, know. In, in today's world, I, I think it could come up because I mean, people jump on Facebook and say, well, your boyfriend sounds like he's a narcissist to me. Uh, well, I, I, like I said, I would not, I would actually not use that, that term in, but they could, that, is what I'm saying. They might, but I wouldn't. Um, and so what I would then do is we would examine the soul contract to see why, uh, to see what are the sole reasons why that person is, has chosen to be a narcissist in this lifetime. Because usually there's some kind of soul contract involved in that kind of thing. So we examine the soul contract without ever calling it a narcissist. Nar- what would you call him? Uh, we would just see what the, what the dynamic was. What was the, what was the story? Okay. We'd find out what the story is in the contract. Mm-hmm. And then once we figure out what the story is in the contract, we clear the contract and then explaining the various aspects of the contract. We go through each, because usually there's multiple layers to a contract. Mm-hmm. You go through each each layer of the contract and examine. Okay, this is what you're trying to get out of the relationships. This in relationships in general. This is and this is how many times it's happened in several in these many lifetimes. And blah blah. You know, we're 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 going through it step by step. And then we and then at that point, the person will generally realize. Well, okay, that's not a nice thing to do because I actually want this relationship to work. Mm-hmm. Which person um, wants the relationship to work, though? Well, we we are assuming that they both they're both there, so they both wanted to make it work. Yeah, but that you can't make that assumption. Uh, well, the thing is, the, if they're both there, then the assumption that I make is that spirit has put us together for a reason, <clears throat> and the reason is that there's that on a subconscious level they want to make it work. But what if the reason is to facilitate the breakup? Or what if the reason is to? From let's say the narcissist perspective, all he really wants to do is, is keep it about him, or or fix the other person. Well, yeah. it's gonna, that's going to come up. It's it's going to come up in the in the um, in the in the research, and then 
at that point, we're working on, and then at that, the end of the session, we're working on raising the vibration. And again, a, we, we've a, talked a, a lot about how people, people can come to a coach like you or, you know, a therapist like you, uh, you're a consultant. What do you call yourself? You call yourself a, a, consultant? a, a spiritual, a spiritual counselor, a spiritual counselor. Okay. Spiritual. So somebody can come to a spiritual counselor like I'm not, you. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed therapist. Right, right. Exactly. That's why I was looking for the right term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but somebody can come to you like that. And you, I know you've run into this and they're actually not there to work on themselves. They're there to make a problem go away. Yes. And generally, those are one and done. So I never see them again after one session because usually we do some soul research and they don't like what they hear mm. and then they go away. <laughs> <laughs> so is, I would suspect, I, I guess what you're saying is that if there's a couple that, that is a Joe and a Mary, like we described, and if they right. come, if they come from multiple sessions, then you're, you're feeling safe in assuming that they are actually there on some level to work on themselves. Yes. Absolutely. If, if, they're, they're, if they're one and done, then, then they're one and done. They didn't, they were not serious. In the, one or both of them were not serious in the first place. And one, one may have been just been dragged along. Because do you, the do you thing ever get is, the other one coming saying, well, research, I couldn't drag them along anymore? Yeah. Well, when we do soul research, very uncomfortable stuff comes up. I'm sure. Yeah. And if they are willing to face the uncomfortableness in order to clear it, to be better people, then they come back mm -hmm. if they are not willing to, um, because a lot of people think that, you know, Oh, okay. This is just some, you know, uh, entertainment or, you know, like going to a tarot reader or a fortune teller. Mm -hmm. or whatever. <laughs> we're going to go to, we're going to the fortune teller and we're going to, we're going to have a nice laugh about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what comes <laughs> up during these sessions. <laughs> there are some tarot readers who are going to take offense to that, but we'll put that oh, aside okay. for a moment. Well, I, 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 again, a good tarot reader will also do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, but you know, like a car, it's not like going to a, a carnival, uh, fortune teller. Okay. It's a, it's, it, this isn't, I mean, even, so, even though we say it's entertainment, it, it is, we're going into some deep soul stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you are not there to work, if you're just being dragged along or you just think it's going to be a laugh and I start talking about, uh, soul contracts and, um, you know, nasty stuff you've done in past lives and, and bringing up some nasty stuff you've done in your present life that you didn't think anybody knew about. <laughs> the soul records, it's right there. It's, it's, it's right there in front of you. And if that makes you uncomfortable and you never want to see me again, then I know you were never serious in the first place. Well, I can also imagine somebody who has built up that kind of a personality type, whether it be narcissistic, codependent, or any of the other kinds that are out there. If you built that up, you got a lot of energy invested in that. Right, mm -hmm. right. You you have a whole lot of interest in maintaining that because that's been your strategy right. in life to yep. get energy, to succeed, to get what you want. Right. You know, and, and, those, and, and those are the people who generally tell me, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they walk <laughs> you're, okay. you're, you're, some, you're a fraud. You're whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've actually been called a fraud by some people. Like, okay, all right. I just, just, I'm just doing my thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> You want to hear? You, hear you think you think I'm not doing? I'm I'm not doing my thing. Okay, sure, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't want to work with you. You don't want to work with me. That's where we're good. <laughs> Please settle your bill out the door. <laughs> but but generally, when a couple comes to me and they want to work together, and they're mm -hmm. willing to come for more than one session, whatever, they want to work on it. Um, yeah. because again, a lot of very uncomfortable stuff comes up during the, during the sessions, we clear it, we, and then we start working on just better communication. We work on all that other stuff too. So, um, now, now a therapist will also, and I, like I say, I, I have the benefit of having yeah. a, a relationship with a therapist, somebody who was in there, uh, a therapist for 10 years or so. So she has quite a bit of experience with it. One of the things that she runs into a lot, and we see it all the time, mm -hmm. just in people we know is people will say, yes, I want to work on this, but do they really want to work on this? Right. It starts to get right. uncomfortable. It's like, oh, well, I'm right. not so sure I'm going to work so hard, so I'm going to go back to my old patterns. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to just kind of lean on those because they're a whole lot more comfortable. Oh, yes, yeah. that's yeah. what's working. <laughs> that's right. Allegedly. 
and I never see those people again. Yeah. <laughs> they go away too. Yeah. You have a lot of one and dones, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I do. Well, especially when I do uh, shows, when yeah. I'm doing, you know, I get a lot of one and dones at the shows mm-hmm. because again, people go to the shows to kind of experiment and they uh, sit down. Okay. It'll be a laugh. You know, I'm going to this thing and, and what, and then they say, Oh, this is something real serious. And maybe I don't want to go there. And then, yeah. then it's a one and done. But out of those shows, I you if I see enough people, I get two, maybe three people who really want to start working on stuff. And, you know, that's that's why I do them. It's interesting, too, because what you're really describing from another perspective is you are laying down the law right from the get-go. You heal, you get better, or you go. Right. And you're not even the one who has to make the decision about whether or not they're going to go. Right. You you just simply have set up a dynamic under which they're faced with it. You either grow or you go. It's one right. or the other. There is no third option going on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a challenge for people. That's that's a hard one. It is. It is. Yeah. And it, it is and it can be frustrating for you know, for me too, because I'll sometimes see something and I'm like, Oh, this is so workable. We can we can so work on this and mm-hmm two, three sessions tops and, and you're golden. And then I never see them again. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, All right. Oh, I guess well, I don't want to work well. on that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about the theory that the vibration of the planet is raising and that therefore this is having a, it's having an effect on people in this particular regard? Absolutely. Because they're, they are now being faced, we are all now being faced more and more frequently with ourselves mm-hmm. through that raising of vibration. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I've been studying uh, some of um, uh, Drumvalo uh, Mikilzadek. Uh, wow. Congratulations on saying that. Right. So effectively. It took me a little bit to, to do that. He, um, he took he took lessons, folks. That's how he got I thought that. that was a Hogwarts spell for him. <laughs> 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 He's waiting for the furniture to start rising. <laughs> Jesus. I love it. But uh, he actually um, wrote a couple of books in the 1990s about the flower of life. And so I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of, I've been uh, doing a lot of studying with the flower of life and sacred geometry and that sort of thing. Cause I'm actually putting together, we put together a meditation for raising one's vibration, mm-hmm. uh, using the, uh, the internal Merkaba, uh, getting that thing going. And, um, I'm doing a workshop actually on my birthday on uh, October 12th at the pyramid, uh, here in Rutland. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And uh, so I'm doing a lot of research in that area. And yes, the planet <clears throat> is on a trajectory of higher vibration. Um, it's part of that 28,000 year cycle. And we're moving out of the dark ages and moving into more of an age of enlightenment. Uh, some people are saying that the uh, uh, and ascension is going to happen really, really fast. I'm not seeing that as really, really fast. I mean, faster than it's ever been in the past. But the past is, was pretty dark. Uh, uh, okay, I, I, got, I got a question here. Oh, God. Who's measuring this 28,000-year cycle? It's, and how are they coming to 28,000? I mean, yes. Generations. I, oh, no, no, no. Actually, I got a good explanation for this one. It is actually the uh, solar system, our solar system, as it revolves around the galaxy. Uh, you know, it, it orbits around the center of the galaxy. It actually orbits in a corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we've got, um, you know, Jupiter's a big planet in it and whatever. So that thro- so it doesn't move in a, in a absolute straight line. So it, it, mo- it revolves in a corkscrew. I've, se- I've so, seen the demonstration. Yeah. So when the, we're, when we are closest to the center of the galaxy is when consciousness is at its most connected to source energy. Mm-hmm. When it is furthest away from the center of the galaxy, it's when we're in the darkest time of our consciousness. Right now, we are heading towards the center of the galaxy. We have made the turn. The, the height of the turn was actually the Dark Ages. <laughs> you know, the, um, the, the fall of the Roman Empire, the whatever. The, that, oh, the actual Dark Ages. Okay. The actual Dark Ages. <laughs> so we're, we're now moving out of that by 
moving closer to the center of the galaxy as we move along. Uh, so there's actually a, a dynamic to that. Now, I don't know what's at the center of the galaxy, which is so special. Well, well wait a minute. I mean, I, 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 I see Walt's face, and he's I, like, uh. I have a little bit of math experience here. Not a ton. I mean, you've got some too, Bill. I know you do because you have the accounting background. You know, the Dark Ages were a few hundred years ago. Out of a 28,000-year cycle, I mean, if you assume that it takes 28,000 years, that's 14. We're only, that's, that's what I'm saying. We're only at the beginning. We're, out, we're very much. We're so we're much at the beginning, you can hardly even tell the difference between the beginning and here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's only a short jump, yes. And we are just waking up. We are just waking up. So what we're essentially saying is 14,000 years from now, we're going to want to switch galaxies. <laughs> because we're going to be the one place that's going to be all downhill from there. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I, and, and actually, um, uh, Drumvalo has a, a, some very, very interesting um, uh, history behind that as well. It's, history? Oh, yeah, yeah. History. Yes. Oh, you got, okay. You've got to listen. you got to listen. I mean, well, there has been sentient life on this planet for fi- over 500 million years. And that's how long. So obviously, we've done this before. We've done this before. Right. That's what he meant by history. Yeah. Yes. This has been going I'm on. I'm reminding myself that history is a conjunction of the words "his story." I'm trying to remember that. No, yeah, no, it's not his story. It's not his story. Um, uh, he's got a lot of ar- archaeological evidence to support it, and he's what got archaeological evidence? Oh, oh boy! Oh, don't don't, don't no, this, the, 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 We have three minutes. We have three, We do not have the time to go into. It. Look, I, I, I'm just as open to spiritual stuff as anybody, but I do like the idea of you know not saying that something that has not been discovered by scientists is science. I mean, come on, it's not there yet. You know, I'm hoping the science catches up, but that doesn't mean that if if I say, well, I have this intuitive sense from some spirit guide that I got that um, such and such happened, that that is a scientific conclusion. No, it's not. No. It's not a scientific conclusion. I um, Again, I, there's a lot of math behind it. There's a lot of sacred geometry behind it. And there is there is archaeological evidence to support it. But again... You gotta really study it, and a lot of its stuff is not stuff that's normally available. Well, on that interesting thought, yes, I know. Again, again, I, 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 I doubt crossing my mind. <laughs> that's, it's okay. It's okay. It's 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 a, it's a lot. It's a lot. But to go along with you, to piggyback on what you said before, yes, we are in a period of awakening, which is why all this stuff is important for us to. Uh, keep in mind, we are waking up. We are in the process of waking up as a species. Well, that part is encouraging, so I'll hang on to that one. <laughs> the rest of it sounds, well, well whatever. I mean, I, I, I think the theory is fine. I just have a little trouble calling it science. But there's a lot of studying behind it. I mean, I, it's, there, there are books and books and books about it. You just, you, it's a lot you gotta, you gotta take in. Well, I could say that about a lot of things that are claimed as science. That doesn't make them scientific. Wow. I, I, I've, I've, I've read Graham Hancock. I've read, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, David Wilcock, uh, Corey Good, um, Drumvalo. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot out there. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we need – we have a topic for next week, I think. So. I was going to say, so oh, – Oh, God. That, I don't uh, – <laughs> Anyway, any, any last words before we uh, sign up for the day? Any, any uh, um, spoilers that people need to know about, Alex? Um, we have we – countdown, I think we have 19 days till the, till the fall season starts, so everyone uh-huh. should be excited that all their shows are coming back, new shows are coming, back, coming starting, so it's, it's uh, very exciting. Okay. And Bill, anything happening in the world of Bill workshops? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I've got a workshop coming up uh, at the end of, uh, of September, September 27th, uh, 28th and 29th. I'll be in Portland, Maine uh, at the Enlightenment Festival. Uh, October 12th, I'm doing a workshop at uh, the Pyramid. October 19th, I'll be in um, uh, in New Hampshire for another uh, uh, show. Uh, so, yeah, lots of stuff coming up. All right. Sounds good. 
And uh, I, I will also mention, I normally don't do spoilers, but because uh, Louise has already bought the tickets for us, I'll mention that the Downton Abbey movie is due to come out in 17 days, and we're going to be there that first day. It sure Yay. is. Yeah. So it's going to be good stuff. So thank you, guys. That's been very educational. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time. You're on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.